the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. God allows things to come into our lives and even sends things into our lives to test us, to strengthen us. Satan, on the other hand, puts things in our path, hindrances in our path, to tempt us with the view to fail, to tempt us to get sidetracked. A new job that just takes so much of your time that you aren't able to serve the Lord. And you can rationalize it and say, well, the Lord wants me to provide. And that's true. He does want you to provide. But if he's called you to do something, he'll take care of you providing for your family. Just obey. Or more money that opens up new avenues of recreation that just won't permit you to get involved in much ministry. And you can rationalize it and say, it's the only day off in the week I have and I've got to spend it with my family. But if God has called you to do something, then you do it and he'll take care of the other things. Jesus said in Luke 9:62, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Israelites wanted to go back to the fresh vegetables they had enjoyed in Egypt instead of moving into the promised land. I guess it's a common problem in the human race. We don't enjoy moving out of our comfort zone to do service for the king. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible class with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, we are in the middle of Steve's message, The God of Elijah Still Lives. We'll be looking at anticipating resistance from friends and family as we move into serving our Lord Jesus Christ. You can listen to this study again by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on Message Archive and then Sort by Date to find this and many more messages available for free download. If you have any questions about today's study, please call us at 727-239-0306. I'll repeat this information at the end of our class. We'd love to hear from you. Now, here's Pastor Steve. And this morning, we want to look at the ends of Elijah's ministry and the beginning of Elisha's ministry. Don't confuse them. I'll probably do that as I go through the message, as I say them, but you understand. Elijah is closing his ministry. Elisha is just beginning his ministry. And we want to look at it from the standpoint of you and I taking our place in the Lord's service. It's a very practical message. It isn't just related to back then. It's a message for us today. I want you to know that someday the Christians who once nurtured you and taught you and ministered to you will be gone. A generation will pass away, and it will be our responsibility to step in and to lead and to train and to minister and to stand for the truth. And I'm not talking about what we call the official ministry, which I'm not sure what that exactly is, but I'm not talking about a pastorate or, or just being a missionary. I'm talking about being a parent and leading your children. I'm talking about being a husband and leading your wife. I'm talking about being a, a disciple maker and stepping in and, and, and helping in the maturing process of babes in Christ. I'm talking about perhaps to some 
stepping in and being deacons in this church or in other churches, or being an elder in this church or other churches, youth workers, Sunday school teachers, Christian teachers in Christian schools, leading your own children. In any phase of, of the Christian world, you are going to be leading somebody. And there's coming a day that you and I are going to have to take our place in those positions of leadership. We've got to fill their shoes. Whether you realize it or not, that role will someday be yours. What you do with it, with it depends on your obedience to the Word of God. Now, the passage before us gives us principles that we need to know if there's to be a smooth transition, a smooth transition as the work of God continues. That's what the Lord wants, a smooth transition. Three things, if you're taking notes, this is the outline, three things must take place in a person's life if there's to be that smooth transition from one leader to another. Three things. Number one, he must anticipate resistance and deal with it. He must anticipate resistance. Number two, he must aspire after the right things. Aspire after the right things. And number three, he must accept responsibility. Accept the responsibility and not shirk it. So number one, let's look at the the uh, the first thing that must take place in a servant's life, if there's to be a smooth transition, anticipate resistance. Let's look at verses 1 through 6, and then I'll explain it. And it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know what the Lord, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from, from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, be still. And Elijah said to, to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know what the Lord, the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, I know, be still. And Elisha said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, what do you make of this? This is, this is an unusual passage of Scripture. How do you make sense out of these verses? Well, let me attempt to do it. For one thing, it's important to realize that all of this took place on one day. I mean, it may seem very scrambled to you. It, it, it looks like this. At first glance, it looks awfully confusing. You've got Elijah going around different cities in Israel, Elisha running after him. Then you've got this group called the Sons of the Prophets who are saying, you know that this man's going to be taken from you. And, and Elisha is really saying, keep quiet, I don't want to hear it. And, and all of this, it looks very confusing, but it's not taking place in one day, one special day, one eventful day. And if you look at verse 1, it'll give you a clue. This is the day that the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven. This is graduation day for Elijah. This is coronation day. This is where Elijah enters into the presence of the Lord. This is his day of glory. And the scene before us is Elijah's preparation for this event. Elijah knows it. Somehow God has communicated it to the prophet. I don't know how. Elijah knows it. Elisha knows it. And a group of, the, uh, of men called the sons of the prophets know it. 
And Elijah is preparing for his departure. And how did he invest his last hours on earth? He tested the commitment and the faithfulness of his successor, Elisha. That's really what this is. It's a test of his commitment. When Elijah told Elisha not to follow him any longer, it wasn't because he wanted to get rid of this guy. He's been training him for years. He doesn't want to get rid of him. He's testing him to see if he could be persuaded from doing what God had called him to do. What had God called him to do? He threw that mantle on him and he followed Elijah. God had called Elisha from being a farmer on his father's farm to going into the prophetic ministry and following in the footsteps of the great prophet Elijah. And he understood that. Now, Elijah went from town to town with Elisha, following close behind, and it was the delight to Elijah's heart. Don't misunderstand. Don't think that he's disappointed because he can't get rid of this fellow. He's delighted. He wants this to take place. He, in his own heart, he's saying, here's a man who has tenacity. Here's a man who can't be sidetracked. Here's a man who, who is persistent, who won't give up, a man with a backbone. That's what Israel needs, a firm man, strong in spirit, who won't easily be persuaded to do other things. Now, probably the reason that Elijah visited these towns was to encourage a group of men known as the sons of the prophets. Now, we don't read too much about them in Scripture, but probably... Probably these were were a group of men who were being trained to carry on a prophetic ministry. And it seems like Elijah was the man who was training them. Most scholars believe that it started back in the days of Samuel, and it was sort of a theological school of these men, and they were in various cities in Israel. And Elijah, the thinking is, is just going to these cities to just encourage them and, and make sure things are in order before he departs. But in every place that he goes, these men, who weren't up to the stature of Elijah nor Elisha, try to discourage Elisha from clinging so tenaciously to, to his master. It seems like they're trying to encourage him to stay with us and leave Elijah. In other words, don't you know he's soon going to be gone? Stay with us. The guy's leaving. What do you want to stay close to him for? We're staying. Stay with us. And each time, Elisha refuses their offer, and very harshly. He's really saying, keep quiet. I don't want to hear it. Now, from these verses, I want us to draw out a biblical principle and apply it to our lives. As you get ready to carry on an effective ministry, there will be all kinds of resistance. You can expect it. You can anticipate it. There'll be opposition that you can just expect, you can anticipate, and they shouldn't shock you. You shouldn't be all wondering why this is taking place. If God has called you to a specific ministry or a field of service for him, whether it be in, in Sunday school or youth work, or, or just being a parent, I shouldn't say just, being a parent, any of these things, you must not be sidetracked. You must be persistent and you must persevere. God had called Elisha to follow in the footsteps of Elisha and he wasn't going to settle for anything else. Even though he might have, might have reasoned, well, I could stay in the prophetic ministry and be with the sons of the prophets. But that was second best for Elijah, for Elisha rather. And if we're going to be tomorrow's leaders, then there must be that determination and tenacity that characterizes our lives. Isn't that what Jesus said in Luke 9, 
62, though it's another context, the principle is the same. He said, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one. Look ahead. Follow. Persevere. Don't be sidetracked. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Do what's right. Now, I have found, not only in my own experience, but the experience that's based on the word of God, that the Lord will often allow obstacles to get in our path. Why? To test our commitment and our faithfulness. Now, God's not tempting us. There's a difference between a test and attempt. Testing is with the view of success. That's what God does. God allows things to come into our lives and even sends things into our lives to test us, to strengthen us. Satan, on the other hand, puts things in our path, hindrances in our path, to tempt us with the view to fail, to tempt us to get sidetracked. A new job that just takes so much of your time that you aren't able to serve the Lord. And you can rationalize it and say, well, the Lord wants me to provide. And that's true. He does want you to provide. But if he's called you to do something, he'll take care of you providing for your family. Just obey. Or more money that opens up new avenues of recreation that just won't permit you to get involved in much ministry. And you can rationalize it and say it's the only day off the week I have and I've got to spend it with my family. But if God has called you to do something, then you do it and he'll take care of the other things. You know, John Mark was called to help the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. Very definitely he was called, but he deserted them. I don't know if it, if it just got too rough for John Mark or he got homesick or he just couldn't stand Paul's cooking. I don't know. It was Jewish cooking. I don't know how he, you know, had a problem with that, but, but maybe. And, and, and he deserted them. And the Apostle Paul sought out a man who would take Mark's place and he found him in Timothy. But you know, as you read First and Second Timothy and as I read it, I find that the Apostle Paul had to keep encouraging Timothy not to quit. Not to give up, not to get sidetracked. Don't get involved in false teachers. Don't get involved in quarrels. Don't get involved in, in genealogies and disputes. Don't get involved in all this, Timothy. Carry on the work of the ministry. He tells Timothy such things as, as don't let money ruin your ministry. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. You ever read this in this light of somebody who's been called to a ministry? And you read this, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root. He didn't say money. He said the love of it is a root of all kinds of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with, with many a pang. And he's saying, Timothy, don't you do that. He says, flee from these things, you man of God. And you pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness. Timothy, don't get sidetracked by loving money. He also, in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, he says, I'm mindful of the, of the sincere faith that, that's within you. At first it dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and he says, I'm sure it dwells in you. And he says, for this reason, because I know their sincere faith, Timothy, for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. Kindle it afresh. It's died down, Timothy. Don't get sidetracked. Persevere. Don't forget your calling. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Now flee from youthful lusts 
and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Don't let immorality sidetrack you. Don't, don't let these things get you off course. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometime in the past, the Lord has made it very clear to you that he wants you to do something, wants you to be involved in some ministry, and you haven't done it. And you've got all kinds of excuses. You just haven't followed through, and that's the bottom line. And there hasn't been a smooth transition because of disobedience. Look, if the Lord has made it clear to you that he wants you to teach Sunday school class, be a youth, or all these other things that we mentioned, then the bottom line is, do it in spite of the resistance. Persevere. Don't let time throw you off. So many people are involved in so many things. We run in the fast lane of life and much of what we do is simply unimportant in comparison with eternal matters. Set your priorities. Don't let time get you off. Be persistent. Don't let time control you. Don't let money control you. Don't let that, that feeling of you've got to keep up with others around you. They're moving up the scale and the ladder of success and you're staying right where you are and you don't like that and so you're not going to be obedient. Don't let money mess up that smooth transition. Don't let other interests, good things, but not the best for you, but other interests, other concerns, good, maybe even Christian, maybe even biblical, but it's not God's best for you. Don't let family persuade you. Don't let friends persuade you. They'll tell you, if you tell them that you're, that you're called to do this, sometimes they'll say, but how can you do this? And I, listen, understand, it's resistance, anticipate it. How about criticisms? The pressure of being involved in a ministry, the hard work of it, all of these things anticipate resistance. You know, it's not uncommon to hear about uh, former pastors who are now selling used cars. Now, there's nothing wrong with selling used cars, except... The Lord has called you to proclaim the word of God. It's very wrong. But you know, that's obvious. But how about the person who's not in the pastorate, who others don't see, and he's doing things that God doesn't want him to do, but it looks so good. It looks all right. It's not all right, and only you know that it's not all right. Listen, if there is resistance, that is a good indication many times that God has called you. Opposition often indicates that you're on the right track. Just stay there. Just stay there. Well, that's the first thing that must take place in a person's life if there's to be that smooth transition in leadership. But there's a second thing. He aspires after the right things. Not only does he anticipate resistance, he aspires after the right things. Look at verses 7 through 10. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and folded it together and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now it came about when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, You've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so." Let me set the scene for you. On one side of the Jordan River stands 50 men of the sons of the prophets. On the other side of the river stands two lone figures, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah has miraculously, just miraculously parted the uh, Jordan River by striking it with his mantle, which was the badge of his unique office in ministry, office as a prophet. Now as the two men stand there together, 
Elijah turns to Elisha and says, what do you want me to do for you before I leave you? It's a nice request, gracious. What do you want me to do for you? And that is a heavy question. This guy is a miracle worker, and now we understand God is the one who does it. But he's the vessel. He's just parted the Jordan River. I think if it were me, I might have asked for fame and prestige. And Elijah, you can do anything. Many of us probably would have asked for things that pertain to ourselves, but not, not Elisha, not him. Elijah asked for something, Elisha asked rather for something that would bring God glory. He asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Now, some people have misunderstood this request. Let me explain it. First of all, let me tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't asking to be two times greater than Elijah. He wasn't asking to be twice as successful as Elijah. He wasn't asking to rise to stardom and become bigger and better and greater than the man before him. That wasn't what he was asking. No, just the opposite is true. The Old Testament law declared that the firstborn son had the right to inherit a double portion of his father's estate. So if, for instance, there were three sons, the inheritance would be divided four ways, with the firstborn and the oldest son getting two portions of the inheritance and then it being divided between the others. So the oldest son always got a double portion of the inheritance. Elisha saw himself as Elijah's firstborn spiritual son, and he was. And as such, he was requesting more than what the other prophets would receive. A double portion. Elijah, if they get a portion, I want a double portion as your firstborn spiritual son. You see, Elisha realized that he was to take the place of Elijah. And he needed a double portion of his spirit, that, that power, just to measure up and lead effectively. If anything, he was recognizing the, the stature of Elijah and saying, I can't fill your shoes without the power of God resting upon me, that double portion. Elisha is a great example to us, great example of the things that we need to be seeking as tomorrow's leaders. Not fame, not personal gain, not a lot of people following us. But you know what we need? We need to be seeking the strength that comes from the Lord only. What equips us to take the place of spiritual leaders isn't an understanding of methods or techniques or the uh, how-tos of the ministry, the ten basic steps to have a successful ministry. That's not what we need. But you know what it is? It's an understanding of the greatness and the grandeur and the strength and the power of our God. That's what it is. That's right. And our own weakness. And weaknesses. See, Elisha recognized, Lord, I can't handle it without you. I can't handle this alone. I can't fill this man's shoes in my own strength. And so, Elijah, I need a double portion of your spirit. I need the power of God to rest upon me. There's only a smooth transition from one leader to another when you recognize your own inadequacies. There won't be a smooth transition if you think you can do it on your own. Isn't that what Jesus said and meant when he, when he said in John's Gospel, without me you can do nothing. Nothing. I remember speaking to a Christian leader one time and I said, you know, I feel so inadequate. I was hoping he might say that you aren't, but he didn't. Uh, he he uh, assured me I was inadequate and told me just stay that way. That was his encouragement. Just stay that way and you'll be fine. 
That is a hard lesson for any Christian to learn. Our Western culture demands that we be self-sufficient. The Christian life can only be lived by total dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions about this study or the Christian way of life in general, please call us. Perhaps you'd just like to have someone pray with you. It would be a privilege to do just that. Our phone number is 727-239-0306. Our website is versebyverseradio.org. And our phone number once again is 727-239-0306. We would love to hear from you. You may also write us and request materials that will enrich your Christian experience. Our mailing address is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. In the next program, Pastor Steve will be concluding this series of classes on the life of Elijah and what we have learned from this Old Testament prophet. Verse by Verse is an outreach ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. I'm your announcer, Jerry Pruden. Be sure to join us for the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.